0: Could this mean a new Cold War? China is making some moves. Russia is making some moves. And uh, it's like, uh, it's, it's really interesting, but it's also a little concerning. And uh, that's what we're going to be kind of setting the table with this time around. Um, according to the latest numbers, uh, the United States is really looking at 1 million vaccine applications a day. That means that we're putting a million vaccinations in American arms at one million a day. So today, we just did another million. Tomorrow, we'll probably do another million. And that's how we're gonna go. Um, that puts us, if we continue like this, if we can continue this to keep up this, this momentum, well, maybe 300 days and then we'll hit 300 million, uh, 350 days and then we hit 350 million. And the United States has also ordered about 200 million more vaccinations. There's a development of uh, a ton of of things uh, in that regard. And and one of the big questions is where is the United States going to go in terms of foreign policy? Obviously, we have a brand new presidential administration. Obviously, we have a brand new situation uh, where, well, uh, pretty much you're going to have a War games, uh, essentially, or power games. Let's just call them power games, but essentially they're war games. And why are they war games? Well, it's quite simple. Uh, People are going to look, our countries are going to look to peddle influence uh, throughout the world. And you already see it happening with China. You already see it happening with Russia. In Latin America, just our own backyard for the United States, in Latin America, right now, Mexico is that about 700,000 vaccinations, they're negotiating about 20 million vaccinations to come in from China, to come in from Russia. Here's the thing, though. The Russian vaccine and the Chinese vaccine has not been very transparent. It hasn't been very transparent in how it actually has released the information behind the vaccine. And, well, there's also some caveats that come with taking assistance from china as there would if you were taking assistance from any country but china has a particularly a particularly aggressive foreign policy agenda that is uh a little concerning at least at least to me uh i, I think it's it's definitely concerning so um that's where i want to make sure that we that we start today and that we get the conversation going but seven hundred thousand vaccines in mexico With a city that has, with its prime, with its capital city having over 10 million people, that's a huge concern. On foreign policy matters, you're basically having the the war games or the power struggles of foreign policy, and you're starting to see China and Russia play in our own backyard. And that is significant. Then you also see domestic policy things uh, shaping out. You also see, uh, you know, some concerns in terms of who is receiving the vaccine in the United States. Socioeconomically, where are we going? We talked about it with the roundtable discussion last night, and that's where we're going again today. Uh, But we're going at it from a different perspective. Could this be a brand new Cold War? Could this be a brand new era of the tit for tat that comes with the global powers what direction will joe biden take where will we go from here uh, and joe biden's already beginning to uh have conversations with people there is a lot of information out there that people are beginning to discuss the fact that uh the biden administration is not too happy with some of the moves that uh, its neighbor to the south, uh, Mexico, has been taken under the leadership of AMLO uh, and the president over there, Andres Manuel López Obrador. So, it, 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 this, is a, this is an area of concern for me, an area of discussion, uh, to be sure. And the question becomes, what is the United States going to do? Where are we going to go from here? Take a look at what's going on in Brazil. Take a look at what's going on in other areas of the Americas. And I'm sticking to the Americas because, if you remember, um, the Cold War was played out pretty much in kind of a very similar fashion. There were always little games of politics and support, economic, military, uh, going on between, back then, the USSR and the United States, and there's the famous Cuban Missile Crisis. Could we be in a position where uh, we're now opening up to that under the auspices of uh, vaccinations? Uh, China is putting its vaccinations out. They're not being very transparent about you know, the, a lot of the science as we are about, about it in the United States in terms of what Pfizer has done or what Moderna has done in putting its scientific research out there. Even AstraZeneca has been uh, very transparent in its not so, uh, brilliant way of, uh, <laughs> of, of conducting studies. And there's so much to be talked about there, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of pause right there and bring in the clubhouse crew. If you haven't heard about clubhouse, um, I'd love to have you on clubhouse to come talk with us, chat with us, spend the evening with us. Uh, we're beginning to develop kind of like our regular crew and, uh, I have Jean, I have Jaime, I have Alistair uh, joining us this evening. Uh, How's everybody doing? Jean, how are you doing today?
1: I'm okay. Um, I went to like my Pilates and then I went in the morning and then I went to um, Pure Bar this evening. So I'm a little bit tired, but I feel accomplished um, because I feel like in 2021, there's no excuse to gain weight. Um, that just means you're weak <laughs> and,
0: um, you know, I don't want
1: to be like the fat loser later on this year.
0: Well, uh, more power to you. I, I, am I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. I mean, I, I don't know the, the, the cold war, do you, you think we can have another cold war shaping out here? What are your initial thoughts on the, on the deep dive initial subject of the evening?
1: I mean, it's possible, you know, the only country with a positive GDP, for 2020
0: was China. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's a concern and, and there's, there's some articles I want to share with folks, uh, as our, as our, as our discussion continues, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think China and Russia are taking this opportunity to really begin to, to do some of their old school kind of power plays and, uh I don't know. I'm thinking it's a concern because they're beginning to take advantage of Latin America now and, and and kind of the need there for vaccines, but we'll see how it shapes out. I also have Jaime on the line, uh, through clubhouse. Jaime, how's it going, man? Long time. No talk.
2: Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, good. Good to chat with you, Hector. Um, I just here in DC, uh, just, uh, working, uh, chugging along, kind of tired of the work from home situation. So hopefully, uh, hopefully covid vaccine rollout is more successful in this incoming administration
0: oh yeah man totally and and washington dc is an amazing place i've i've i spent several years of my life there in washington dc and uh it's but i can only imagine what it's like in pandemic times you're in a amazing city and then uh you're pretty much at home all the time tell people tell introduce yourself a little bit jaime i know who you are but uh i want people to know a little bit about about yourself i mean you're a texan born and raised you're now living in dc but tell us a little bit more info about where your thoughts are coming from and what you're up to nowadays Where, where are you at
2: yeah, so just a little bit about me. Like like Hector said, uh, Texas born, Texas raised. Uh, I got my degrees from UT and American, both in international relations. Wow. So I've spent some time uh, here in D.C. working at places like uh, the Center for Strategic and International Studies, where I was doing a lot of research on the humanitarian crisis in Venezuela. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, worked at the Center for New American Security, so I got to learn a lot about some of these folks that are coming into Biden's cabinet. And then I also spent some time recently at the Organization of American States.
0: So a little bit of,
2: I hope I can contribute
0: a little bit to this conversation with what I've learned. Are you kidding me, bro? This is your jam, Jaime. Like (laughs) this is like, this is, (laughs) This this was tailor made for Jaime. I mean, uh, that's, <laughs> I love it, and and you and I can go a little geeky on international affairs because yeah, that's that's what I studied too. So we can get geeky about it. We could we could go in depth. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, one of my one of my favorite things Haim, is uh, talking about about the days of the Cuban Missile Crisis, and yeah. I actually studied. I actually had the amazing opportunity to study under uh, Brian Latell, who was the former director oh, wow. of the Latin American desk at the CIA during the times wow. of like Ayende, wow. uh, like uh, during the yeah. times of like all these big like murder mystery. Uh, yeah, who yeah. killed who kind of situations? Uh, and then, while I was in college, uh, on my last—well, uh, no, it wasn't even my last. It was my 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 sophomore and junior year. I was—I'm uh, talking about a long time ago. I'm about to date myself, but during the Clinton administration, um, the National Security Advisor was Anthony Lake. And uh, yeah. not only was he the national security advisor, but he was teaching two classes at my alma mater, and I was able to be taught by the sitting national security advisor, and I yeah. loved that jam. Oh my gosh, oh, it, yeah. it was good stuff, um, you know. And then I also got to 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 have to to have significant uh, opportunity to 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 work with the late Ambassador McHenry. Uh, ambassador yeah. McHenry is a former United Nations uh, ambassador. And this guy's this guy's just a bomb. I mean, this guy these these are the people that formed my kind of uh, foreign policy mind. And so today, yeah. I kind of I'm 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 pumped and I'm jazzed that you're on with us because we can we can go toe to toe on uh, mm-hmm. American on on American foreign policy, and we can talk about you know the the different things that 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 have happened and maybe where we're going. And I and I think I could definitely do that with you, given your given your your, your particular uh, scope there. And in and, and DC, are you working right now in particular in, in foreign policy, or or where, What what is your particular area of work yeah. right this moment?
2: Yeah, so I'm doing I'm doing two jobs right now. So I'm doing one job at OAS still, just yeah. doing some consulting work, um, and then I'm doing another uh, job trying to pick up on my uh more liberal credentials at the center for american progress i'm doing some uh foundation relations work over there so but at the same time still like doing like advocating for foreign policy work to a bunch of foundations
0: i love it i mean i'm so i'm so pumped uh jaime i uh last year uh, we took, we, we had, we had, no, not even last year, now I'm talking about two years ago almost, two years ago because of this pandemic times that everything has changed. We brought some of the most like, uh, amazing minds, one of whom is on the call this evening, and I'll introduce him in a second, uh, to the OAS, and we had, uh, some discussions with the OAS uh, of like proposals that people from various countries, representatives from, from various countries were making. We had an amazing conversation with um, the Secretary General. And then based off of the proposals they made uh, for development, uh, the, the secretary General like sent out a badass tweet that made me feel, amazing about the level of conversation that was had with all these yeah. scholars that we have brought up man it was it was so oh, awesome wow. organization of american states is has a place near and dear in my heart because of so yeah. many things i have great friends that work there so i'm excited man i'm pumped uh, so yeah. let's begin with your thoughts so where do you think i mean if we you, you saw me kind of set the table for the evening on yeah. on uh, american foreign policy could this be a cold war? What do you what do you see playing out here, as you've observed um, everything from your perspective?
2: Definitely. Um, so initially, I think the Biden administration does not want to go on this route of there being a cold war. Uh, I say that due to some of the personnel uh, choices he made in his cabinet. Um, I worked uh, alongside or um, so there was a there was a cabinet uh, nomination recommendation that everybody thought was going to happen and that was uh, uh, Miss Michelle Flournoy to the Secretary of Defense uh, position Um, and she kind of had the more hawkish let's build up our military and build up our uh, capabilities to essentially uh, deter China, wherever, whenever, you name the place. And she had the kind of master plan to, to counter China in that way. Um, and many people in DC thought she was the shoe in because she had the connections, she had the expertise, and she had obviously this whole master plan that she's created for like the past 15 years to, for this moment. Uh, But um, Biden's selection of uh, now Secretary of Defense uh, Lloyd Austin, uh, I think that indicates that he's willing to go in a more pacifist, diplomatic angle. And his appointment of Lloyd Austin was more related to the logistics and the deployment of COVID vaccinations and uh, making sure that we defeat COVID um, and that we're at war with COVID rather than some of these other countries and I think Biden also recognizes and acknowledges that uh, our lack of global coordination um, during the early stages of COVID under the Trump administration um, has probably prolonged this global pandemic we're all facing so i think those are my initial thoughts
0: you know one of my one of my concerns to be really really honest is this whole is this whole situation where we have the Biden administration beginning to reveal how how moderate and centrist it wants to be, and, and and it still remains to be seen. Obviously, foreign policy is a long game, unless you're in the middle yeah. of, a, of a huge like war, which someone could argue, okay, COVID's a war, but I mean yeah. the, these these things take time to develop, and I I fear one of my concerns is that po- that Biden may play this too moderate. Right now in our own backyard, what I see right now is Mexico has a severe need for uh yeah. it's its its own vaccines. They they only secured 700,000 from Pfizer and now they're stalled uh on, yeah. with Pfizer. And uh you know, you you have a little bit of the same going on in other countries. And because there was a transition of power in the United States, um, you know, and yes, they are working with Pfizer, yes, they are working with Moderna, but it still remains to be seen how American foreign policy will influence that because what we're seeing is China is beginning to provide, and so is Russia. But we all know that the Sputnik vaccine isn't a very transparent vaccine. I mean, this yeah. vaccine got put out, I know it's in its uh, later versions, but it got put out pretty quickly, kind of skirting a lot of scientific processes that we see as no. basic in the United States. And so I don't know. It's uh, for me, it's a, it's a point of concern. Um, I'd love to hear what other folks have to say about this. Uh, folks, we're live on seven platforms. Put us, put some chat questions on there. Uh, maybe put some chat comments on there, no matter the platform that you're on, you can uh, be involved with us. And if you want to talk, uh, just come on to clubhouse. It's a new social media platform. If you don't have an invite for it yet, send me a text we'll send you the invite because it is a beta process right now where you need an invite to actually get in but that's where my concerns are hymen so we can get back to the concerns uh, about it i want to also introduce our our other uh guests thus far we have alistair cole who's now becoming a regular in the nightcap uh with us alistair is a scholar out of uh, Mexico. And he's working on some awesome projects all the time. And he was one of these scholars, Jaime, that I was talking to you about that we had at the Organization of American States. So Alistair, tell us a little bit about your evening. How are you doing? Good to hear from you another night. And what are your thoughts on our initial setting of the table for our round table discussion?
2: Well, thank you, Hector. Yeah, I I was a scholar. I'm still a scholar. You still are. Yeah, uh, it was uh, an amazing experience, honestly. One of the best of my life. Um, yeah, well, yeah, but the vaccine thing does concern me though, because who's going to be the first to take this vaccine? My grandpa, my grandfather. So it's kind of like, I, I am concerned. I am concerned. And if they don't take the vaccine, are they going to risk getting infected too? Because the infection, and they have to go to the mall, they have to get their dispensers and their daily needs. So they are, uh, I mean, they are in touch. Yeah. They could be in touch with the, the COVID-19. That's the problem. Right. So, yeah. Of course I'm, um, I'm, I'm concerned. And although
0: I, I don't know, honestly,
2: uh, I, 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 I can only hope for the best. Honestly.
0: We, we can, we can all only hope for the best. And I, I, yeah. I guess that's a good way. That's a good way <laughs> to begin, to begin the conversation. And, uh, I'll just remind our Clubhouse guests, please keep your your microphones on mute while you're in the discussion. Doesn't mean you can't talk, just means while you're not talking, just put your stuff on mute so that that way uh, there's no echoes on any of the other platforms that we're on. But yeah, yeah, Alistair kind of hits it. I mean, we can only hope for the best. But here's the other thing. We need to make sure that we keep our leadership in check. We need to make sure that we keep... Uh, people honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of further out further lay things out for everyone and then we can just start taking a deep dive into Gene's thoughts, Hyman's thoughts, Alistair's, your thoughts um that are watching us on the multiple platforms. Here let us let's, let's lay this out a little further. I mean Alistair just made it personal. Alistair's like, hey, I'm concerned. This is about to my, my grandfather in Mexico is about to be one of the first uh, to get this vaccine. Mexico right now, and I'm going to use Mexico as kind of like the opening volley, but we can talk about any Latin American country. We can talk about anything that kind of influences the operating theory. The operating theory being, could this be a new Cold War? What is going on here? Let's take a look at Mexico. Mexico right now is in the process of negotiating 20 million vaccinations, 20 million. Keep in mind that Mexico City alone has over 10 million uh, people, so that's still not enough. Uh, but they're still trying to get 20 million. Um, and the the government has also done the whole Trump model of the United States that they've gone out there and they've said, oh, well, uh, if the governors can arrange anything for themselves, well, uh, the governors can go out and, and secure some of their own vaccination. Okay, cool. Um, that's what they want to do, but that's not a very good... In my opinion, a very good policy domestically for Mexico. But how does this open up for the possibility of a Cold War? How does this open up for the possibility of the wrong influences being involved and in putting, put, putting us all under a stressful situation into the future? Well, here's how. China and Russia, in particular, who Mexico is negotiating with, have not been transparent about the science behind their vaccinations. It has it has been government controlled. It has been government choked in terms of the information actually coming out. And is there scientific evidence? Sure. Is it the same kind of scientific evidence that is put out there uh, from the the normal in the normal fashion? Uh, no, no, it's not. And what I mean by normal fashion is the traditional scientific studies that are done by say. An FDA approval for those of you that are following along from the United States. So these kinds of things are of a concern, first of all, from a health perspective. How effective are they actually? And also with the brand new, brand spanking new, mutations that are going on around the world. We now have the South Africa mutation. We have the Brazil mutation. We have the UK mutation. We now even have the California mutation. So with all these mutations that are going on, can any of these vaccines offer any kind of guarantee or are they simply being used as a token to manipulate governments in the backyard of the United States on a power play in a power game that's the operating premise now nothing has been decided everything's in play right now i am not saying that we're in a cold war but i am saying that this is the makings of a very complicated foreign policy dance china right now is a country that as jean pointed out in the beginning of her comments uh it's doing Better than most in the world because they were the first infected. And so, the government is also, in terms of their economy, the government is also now beginning to use that as a little bit of a bargaining chip and saying, hey, we've got the know-how, we know we know how to do this, even though they haven't been very forthcoming uh, with even entities like the WHO, uh, the World Health Organization, even though they control them with money, uh, okay? There's also a lot of influences of who supports uh, that, a lot of manipulation. China is now beginning to impose sanctions on countries, particularly they impose sanctions on the United States, in particular the Trump administration officials, for the stuff that was going down during the Trump administration. Okay, fair enough, most Americans will say. Trump administration was crazy anyways. Well, it's also a way that China is signaling to the rest of the Americas, if you're gonna work with us, And if you want to do things with us and we don't like the way you're talking about us and we don't like the way you do things, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sanction you. And in countries that are now becoming dependent on the vaccination and dependent on economic support and Latin American countries, several of them are in this position, that becomes a piece where you can manipulate and you can control and you can get countries to do certain things that you want that may be against the national security interests of the United States, and so, not only does it put American lives at risk, but it also puts the lives at risk of Latin Americans, okay, bottom line, it puts the lives at risk of people like Alistair's grandfather, it puts the lives at risk of all all sorts of people on two fronts, it puts their lives at risk because number one, uh, we have a situation where there are so many mutations and the companies that are keeping up with these mutations thus far, that have been transparent about the science behind their vaccinations, are only three. I repeat, there are only three. There's others that are in competition right now, but there's only three that are in that ball game. Two of whom have an over 90% effective rate. Uh, that is Moderna, that is Pfizer. And then the other, AstraZeneca, which was uh, unfortunately a, a really bad play for Oxford University because Oxford was planning on making that kind of an open source type situation where they would make it available for all countries to copy it and do it on their own. But then stepped in, AstraZeneca said, hey, we can do it, and then kind of exerted some influence, tried to get them to go their way, which they did. But unfortunately, it came out wrong. The studies couldn't actually show what they needed to show, they bungled the studies, they made some mistakes. And so the only uh, effective rate they can give you is a range from 60% to 90%. uh, We don't know. And then on top of that, they're having distribution issues. That's what's happening with the top three vaccinations that are coming from uh, these three companies. The problem is that right now, the big dog in that game is the United States. Also, in parts, the EU. but they're the big dog in the game. And so what is the United States going to do to begin to deal with all these mutations, to begin to deal with, okay, we can get to herd immunity in the United States, but then what happens with all of our neighbors? Then what happens with everybody around us and all this traveling that's going on, which by the way, Americans are primarily the ones that are going to Latin America, coming back and bringing these mutations back you can see how this becomes a delicate dance. It becomes a huge, delicate dance. So I just kind of furthered the thoughts a little bit going back out to our uh, Clubhouse crew. And if you have any questions, thoughts, comments on any of our platforms, hey, just drop us a line. We're watching Uh, or come on Clubhouse with us. We'd love to to have you. Then we can also talk about other topics that people are are, are, are caring about. We'll see how long our conversation lasts tonight. But Jean, what do you think? I mean, you made the big comment in the beginning uh, about uh, China having a decent economy in comparison to the rest in the world right now. Do, do you see this? Do, are you seeing what I'm seeing or am I just kind of completely off my game?
1: No, I think I think I do see some parallels. There could be the potential for a Cold War, but I mean, it's just something to be said when, when um, China is like restricting the level of the World Health Organization in their investigation.
0: Right. You know, that's
1: one thing and the whole thing with the virus about this gain of function research yeah, and um you know the funding by the NIH and um you know the what whatever they were doing in the Wuhan um uh lab yeah. near, near that um that godforsaken wet market yeah um you know we don't really know the entire truth there's only bits and pieces of of half truths yeah um but it it, it's very likely it's a man-made um virus uh a result of gain and function research that might have i don't know man might have been careless and um i've been kind of curious where this thing comes from And they said its origin was from um, workers in China that used to clean up bat guano, which is, I guess, bat, you know, poop or whatever. And it's pretty poisonous. So a lot of the workers that came in there had, you know, the unexpected kind of coronavirus. And what I have read is that the Wuhan scientists, um, you know, got, you know, probably found that virus and then started playing with it. Uh, with their little
0: gain-of-function resources, and then, you
1: know, it went out. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's my that's my
0: guess. I mean, that's but, I, I, you're you're raising, like, some issues. I don't know if people have, have, or if you, Gina, have checked out an article that came out maybe about yeah. two, three months ago on The Intelligencer. Uh, this was an article that went deep, super-duper deep yeah. on the stuff that you're talking about. Like, was yeah. this man-made? Was this not... We thought we put that issue to bed to rest back in the initial stages of the coronavirus or, or the COVID-19. But it turns out, and this was only three months, I mean, I think it came out actually not three months ago, in December is when this, this article came out from the yeah. Intelligencer. And, it, and basically, they boil it down to China's hiding something. There are certain things that would clear this up, but this certainly has the makings of something far deeper um than 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 just a wet market uh, this is not something commonplace and 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 they lay out the case i'm, I'm being super simplistic about the argument right yeah. now but if this was an article that could have been like a book it was like in depth and uh yeah i i mean you're right it, it, it there's a it seems like there is more to this story to be told and And what I'm concerned about right now is that the players involved are players that are known to be like super reserved about information, super non transparent, and with very aggressive like moves of influence. And right now, I think Latin America is super vulnerable because it's like they're desperate for vaccines. And in that desperation, they're making moves or in policy-wise, almost like it reminds me of, like, the Cuban Missile Crisis. I mean, Cuba was in dire need of support, and then, like, Russia was conditioning, or the USSR back then was conditioning their support to to Cuba on a few things that they needed. Like, hey, we need to strategically put some, like, uh, nuclear missiles in Cuba so that you can receive this support from us. And that's how it all went down. So, it just... Oh, right now I'm watching this and reading this and going snap like could this is is this and i hope that the biden administration's seeing this with a keen eye and that something's that something behind the scenes is going on although it's not clear yet like i'd love to see the united states take a bold stance on how it's going to help its neighbors canada the americas and how it's going to take care of its immediate sphere of influence and then also push to uh to 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 do other things around the world because this is these are war games i mean it's unfortunately the case i
1: i would i would say that i would agree it is like it's like the worst war game ever and um war games are supposed to be games they're not supposed to be applied to real life and it's almost amazing that when it comes to like a war it's more like a bioweapon not like a nuclear war I, i feel like um nuclear war would be instant, right? It would just be like boom, that's it. Um but the bio um the bioterrorism that's gonna be the next aspect of like war or cold war. Um, yeah, there's
0: there there's some significant national threats going on there to be sure. Ah, to yeah. be sure. Jaime your thoughts man I mean uh feel free to jump in at any time guys Jaime Alistair Gene we're now kind of like in the middle of the round table but Jaime, I imagine that from a foreign policy perspective, this is like your jam. What do you, what do you think, man? What, what are you, am I going too crazy here? Um, I mean, I think it's valid to ask any and every question.
2: Um, like you and Gene uh, put it very well, there's a lack of transparency with the Chinese. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Trump is a, hmm, Trump also carries some blame with that, given that we did have inspectors in, the, in, the, in China and in, in, the, in the region as well, and they were kicked out. Um, I do wonder, for, for all of this lack of transparency, um, at the same time, just kind of understanding what Chinese foreign policy is like, uh, I know the Chinese Communist Party, which dictates pretty much everything in China, uh, their international mission, um, obviously in, in terms of trying to win influence around the world is to have a sort of win-win foreign policy, or at least the image of a win-win foreign policy. So as you say, they're making these power moves of distributing these vaccines legit or not to Latin America. Um, that's, that's, that's a power move. That's a, that's a way of saying, hey, we're a global power who has their act together. And this is what we're capable of. I think on the flip side, I guess my thoughts would, would be, "Is like, what can we do as a response to that? Of course, we have to invest a lot of money in our foreign aid. Uh, In addition to investing a lot of money domestically um, to vaccinate the hemisphere, essentially, or or at least be a major player in that. But I think one thing that we also should uh, meddle into, uh, meddle into is probably a really bad way to phrase this, but uh, I think we need to increase coordination on data transparency. Oh, yeah. Maybe we, we don't we don't know uh what's in this vaccine or the potential impacts but if we can create the incentives create a strong public diplomacy information campaign then we could at least coordinate with our allies in latin america to make sure that we're recording what's happening to those who are getting the vaccination from China. And of course, it's, a, it's an awesome opportunity for the United States to also record the data of what's happening with U.S. or Western-based uh, vaccinations as well and see like, oh, look, the, the efficiency of uh, Western science or American science is uh, superior than to what the Chinese are putting out. And we're being transparent about it um, I think that obviously could uh if if we have the allies and we have the the incentive structure that could certainly help us moving forward. Um but of course we're I think in a in a increasingly divided Latin America. Oh, so yeah. That's where the challenge arises with, with that.
0: You know, there's uh, there's someone I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend that that if you if you're into this conversation and that you you're you're kind of wondering the same things we all are uh, that you guys get really, really into, uh, it's a, it's a guy who's a a writer and he's a a pretty, pretty decent writer from the Latin American like perspective. Uh, you can follow him as, he's like under Boz on Twitter, but, uh, there's a, there's a newsletter that he puts out and, and most recently in the newsletter, I mean, that he's, he's a journalist. I mean, this is, this is essentially the bottom line that like the, the line that's being thrown down. China's Latin American diplomacy grows more aggressive. And I'm just gonna gonna go for the whole article just so that everybody's on the same playing field, but this is how serious things are getting. The no-strings-attached myth of Chinese aid to the region is giving way to wolf warrior diplomacy that uses threats, sanctions, and disinformation. In the Three-Body Problem sci-fi trilogy by uh, Xixian Liu, Uh, There is a moment at the beginning of the third book when the power of the sword holder transfers to a different person and the earth's opponents use that moment to strike, taking advantage of the uncertainty within (coughs) the power transition. Man, need to drink water. Anyways, let's get back to the article. At 12.04 p.m., On the 20th of January, China sanctioned 27 former officials from the Trump administration. Just minutes after Joe Biden was inaugurated as president, those officials, including former Secretary of State Pompeo, the former national security advisors Robert O'Brien and John Bolton are not allowed to travel to China or conduct business in China, the move was in clear retaliu- retaliation of the Trump administration's policies towards China, including his push to sanction members of the Chinese Communist Party. Imagine being a Latin American government official and seeing those sanctions. Perhaps there is a bit of a bit of nervous laughter, we'll just call it what it is, nervous laughter at the sanctions against Trump supporting officials. Who doesn't like to see the US forced to take its own medicine from time to time? But China's use of sanctions to target the former U.S. officials is part of a wider effort for China to exercise real levers of pressure across the hemisphere. Every Latin American official and business executive must now wonder if they too will be hit by the politically motivated Chinese sanctions and what might those sanctions mean for their personal economic situation as China's influence becomes more prominent in the region. There have been dozens of thought pieces as to how the new Biden administration will work to counter the challenge of China in Latin America. However, what has emerged is the fact that China is going on the offensive while the Biden administration is still getting its footing. This is part of a longer process in which China is pivoting from a no-strings-attached myth regarding to its trade deals and foreign assistance to a very aggressive wolf-warrior diplomacy posture in which it uses sticks, threats, and information warfare as the carrots to defend its position. So, until next time, think big. Peace.